by alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. Hello, hello, my friends. This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I'm your host, John, and no closer than six feet away is my partner, the Nate Morales. Nate, what's uh, what's good, man? How you doing? Oh, man, we're, we are keeping busy. You know how it is, keeping busy. John, you and I have been so busy this week uh, that we will be rocking a super short show tonight. One, really, that's just for all the Pick'em players and those that are Pick'em curious. We want to go over the recap of everything that happened in, in Wednesday night's 7v7 Ben Wexler Cup. Um, week two of that, and we'll announce some winners, announce some uh, announce some, some point leaders, and, and get in, get out. Soccer is a gift. Yeah, soccer is a gift. You are correct, my friend. All right, so hashtag MPLS is back week two. Uh, it's it's came and went, folks, and it was another episode of Soccer Night in America up at the National Sports Center under those lights. Nice refreshing mist kissing the faces of the players, uh, <laughs> settling into the turf, making conditions perfect for for a nice night of soccer after what what was a really hot week. Yeah, very hot week. Uh, to remind people that don't know, uh, the the purpose of the league or the the details of the 7v7 league can be found at mplscitysc.com slash 7v7-league if you want to look it up. But basically, this is a 7v7 format. It's made up of uh, teams that are all um, compromised or com- sorry, comprised <laughs> of compromised. They're all compromised. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, all the teams consist of city, city one and city two players, along with some potential futures players and some trialists in as well. Uh, all the teams are named after some, are they all have cool names uh, named after musicians <coughs> such as tackled by turtles, the Bob Jillionaires, Morris day and the one timers in the Paisley park 99ers. Uh, every week, our four teams pair off and play each other two games per week. Besides overall overall record along the way that we we are tracking goals and we are tracking the uh, the golden boot we're tracking assists and uh, weekly MVPs and all of that plays into our uh, our pick'em league. Yeah, absolutely. I got lost here in our show notes while I was kind of going through some stuff, but um, uh, so it's, it's just some some quick um, some some quick things to note. Once again, it was a member of the front office that had to lace the, the cleats up and, and fill in as we saw some of the out-of-town college players start to make their way back, <laughs> back to the, the COVID hives, which are their universities. Uh, but, but all seriousness, be safe, guys. Uh, what a shit show the return to, uh, to college has been across the country, Nate. Um, so yours truly dusted off the boots and put in a solid 18-minute shift. With uh, with with uh, well, you know, some guys were kind of coming late uh, from prior commitments. So, yeah, I, I played some soccer. <laughs> wow, it's a good opportunity for you to uh, to make good on on all the mouthing off you do while you're on the sidelines. That's for sure. Well, put it this way: so I didn't embarrass myself. Uh, that's good. 
And, you know, like <laughs> it, it is like riding a bike, but I don't ride the bike every week like these guys do. So, yep. I mean, it, it, they're so fast and they're so skilled and like, it, truly, I, I'll talk a little bit about it when we go into the game recap, but if, if my first option to make a pass is not on or safe, and I, my second option, I can't critically think fast enough anymore with the speed of play um, yeah. to, to pull it off. So it's like, I, I'll have some turnovers or I'll, you know, I might kick a ball out of bounds <coughs> or I'll just get beat in a foot race, you know? So I, I ended up playing in the back. So I, uh, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't embarrass myself, but uh, I'm sure they were glad to get uh, back to full strength before halftime. But, uh, but we did go into the half, not down. And uh, the, I did make one mistake that led to a goal, which I'll, I'll talk about, but it wasn't a backbreaker because we scored right after. So that's nice. Yeah, so this so. game we're talking about is uh, the Bob Dillionaires versus the one timers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. Interesting to point out that, uh, for the one-timers ahead of this match, the Pick'em League had them as a heavy underdog. Only 20% of players, uh, Pick'em players, picked the one-timers to be the victors. Uh, this team was nearly full strength, however, uh, only without Samuel Ruiz Plaza, who was kind of just on the sidelines thanks to a slight knock that he picked up in training this week. He, he did warm up with the team. He was here. He just decided to uh, to not play. Uh, Bob Dillionaires, on the other hand, once again, without former, uh, for, without Peruvian Franco Pertel, given the night off to attend to personal matters, uh, both of the Hutton brothers were late, missing an, <laughs> missing in action were both goalkeepers on the Dillionaires, so former St. Thomas and Minnesota United training keeper Mitch Wold made his debut. Sorry, that's uh, a typo, the, Mitch Wolf. <laughs> Wolf, oh, I was like, mm, okay, Mitch Wolf made his debut in the 7v7 league. John, this is where this is where you come in. Also missing, Abdi Kadi, Abdallah Ba, and Archie Jerdom. So you had to fill in and eat up some minutes before your heart exploded. Uh, <laughs> just trying to keep up with some of these young guys. You know, you said you, you felt like you did okay, but how did the game go? Well, first off, you know, I, like I said, I realize I'm old. Um, there, there, <laughs> one of the players on the other team was a, a academy DA player, and he was 17. So I'm over 20 years older than that guy. So <laughs> I definitely felt a little bit old uh, and, and my, my mind can keep up, but uh, like I said, my first option, it, it's pr- pretty much is it. Uh, and my body really does still hurt. And we're talking like almost the full five days uh, since then, but, <laughs> um, but um, the billionaires, we got off to a really fast start just minutes in uh, when, when um, city captain Max Stegward slotted in a great through pass to Justin Oliver who beat Devin Thompson. Uh, and we were, we were on the, on the front foot to the good right away, Nate. Um, something to, to also mention that we, we haven't yet is that there is offsides in the 77 league. So, yeah. so that typically in, in your normal 77 format, you don't have that, but you can't just have a cherry picker. So it really, it really means that like uh, a good through pass in that small space really does take a, a well-timed run and a, and a really good weighted pass. So Stigwart to Oliver to beat Thompson and we're, we're one Oh, but uh, it would not really last long as I got caught without an outlet uh, at the back and Matt Gibbons smelled blood in the water and nicked the ball <laughs> off me uh, and then tried down the field to find Will Kidd um, who then beat new man Wolf. Uh, on a really well-placed, you know, Will Kidd-type goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> it was then about at the 20-minute mark uh, in that first half where the Hutton brothers did show and entered, and Nick Hutton entered the fray for us, and that was the game-changer. Uh, the the billionaires could then cart my old ass home, 
And, and finally, uh, they had a talisman who we could, we could really target up top. What was really happening, Nate, was that um, because we didn't have a target forward, we had um, uh, Stigwart in the middle. It was uh, Wes Lawrence and I in the back with uh, Hoof kind of playing a defensive midfielder. Um, and then Stigwart a little bit more advanced in the middle. And then we had Oliver and, and um, last week's MVP, Bernard, um, on the wings. But we didn't have anyone centrally up top we could go to. Um, but then when Hutton came in, then he went up there and it, it, it really totally did change things. So at the half, uh, we saw the scoreline, <coughs> excuse me, go three, three. Um, and it was really entertaining back and forth match, but, uh, it was the Hutton and Oliver show in the second half that sealed the deal as they combined for four second half goals. Um, and in the dying moments, um, two pinpoint massive saves by Wolf, um, that kept us in the game and ended up leading to a seven to five victory. Well, let's uh, let's hear, John. You 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 got a chance to talk to Week One MVP, uh, the Dillionaires, Bernard Asabi Rule. What did he have to say about about his Week One honor and the play of his team in Week Two? All right, I am here with Week One MVP Bernard. Bernard, uh, how's it been coming back to play with the guys in like more of an organized fashion? Uh, it's been really good, especially since like all the COVID stuff and everything. And it's great to like have a high level quality soccer right in my backyard so it's pretty good so you were uh well before that before i get into that so you're heading back saturday um did your coaches ask like what you were doing did you explain to them what we were doing at all yeah um i did and then they obviously enjoyed that i was coming out here for sure because it's like really high level and And they trust us and they they trust you guys obviously (laughs) because they recommended me to go to you guys the first time so yep absolutely so you were week one mvp three goals two assists you gave your team the victory just we were just talking to chairman hoodman slotted a bunch past him uh so how did you think it went in week one and then the progression into week two besides the fact that i had to play (laughs) no i thought you did great by the way (laughs) oh thanks i did okay (laughs) i only coughed up one goal (laughs) well we equalized so it don't matter yeah yeah uh, week one was good because I really like playing small side. Obviously, it's really good fitness. It's like the most match fitness I can get right now. So mm-hmm. it's pretty good, fast paced. And then especially with the guys that we're playing with, like you get to play with different types of people and see how everyone gets to play. So you yeah. find ways to gel. And A lot of touches. Exactly. So it's good. So we're, we're basically creating the futures model. This is mm-hmm. the futures model for okay. players that we're going to be inviting in from 17 to 20. How do you see this being beneficial for a younger player coming up since you didn't have something like this? I mean, for, especially when you're younger, the, the most important thing is to get touches. So, mm-hmm. like, in an environment like this, like a high-level environment like this, to get quality touches is always important. So I think it's going to benefit uh, the younger players a lot. So. All right, awesome. Well, yeah. good luck going back to Green Bay senior season. Appreciate it. Thank you. Big Horizon League yeah. championship on the line, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully you guys don't get sent right back here. But if you do, we got somewhere to For sure. I'll be back, back here if I get sent back. Sure. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Thanks, right. Bernard. Thank you. All right, have a good night. So, John, it's interesting to hear the same thing from Bernard that we're hearing from a lot of players, and that is that small-sided ball is super fun, but also it's beneficial for them uh, wherever they are in their development. He's super excited to go back to college uh, armed with some of the the experience and the extra fitness that he may have picked up uh, through through participating in, in training with City and through this league in a little bit. It's got to be a reason why everyone, you know, when I went to, to – check out training and a check you know to talk to some of the players it's like everyone is all in on this league they're really everyone is on board with what with what you're trying to do it was really good to hear um you know that he talked about his you know he he did talk to his college coaches about what he's doing now um and there's college coaches that kind of fall into two camps um Mm -hmm. the, the one where they don't want their players you know exposing themselves in other with in large groups and then the ones that are like like green bay where bernard goes saying like we trust city 
we've been in, we've been in bed with them since the beginning with players. Yeah. Um, so yeah, please go out and play. Uh, play it's, with them. <laughs> it's nice to have like a trusted cohort of players that you can. Uh, yeah, it really is. You like can hope that you're a safe environment where a guy can play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, next up, John, the uh, the other game on Wednesday night was tackled by Turtles versus the Paisley Park 99ers. Uh, unfortunately for the Turtles, they lost Rory and Eli, both going back to school at New Hampshire. Hampshire, And with that, they <laughs> that's really their heart. That's the heart of their team. Yeah. Leaving only Steve as their true central option. Uh, now, <laughs> I'll tell you what, signing up for this league and, and thinking about picking players and looking at the, the, the lineups, I didn't even think that kids would be going back to school this early. I probably should have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you'll see in the pickup results, Nate, that uh, you probably should have thought about that. I should have thought about that. <laughs> uh, Adnan Jilby was a late scratch, and Matt Elder made his return to action from his hamstring issue. So there were some, uh, some scratches, but a key return for TBT. Uh, and they've picked up free agents Ben LeMay, who is a Drake graduate, as well as Tim Maynard, a Luther College alum. So... Uh, they're replacing guys on the roster, but they're not. Uh, it's not, no Rory O'Driscoll. Yeah. It's no, it's <laughs> right, no yeah. Eli. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> slight the, no slight to the new guys, but yeah, that's not them. <laughs> yeah. As far as the 99ers, uh, they were last week's surprise team, and voters really hitched their wagons to And 75% of people picked them to win. And they once again impressed getting back defender <laughs> Jack Berry and Ian. Uh, Quigley, yep. yep, but they're still without center back Logan Huber and Aiden O'Driscoll. Uh, but they were able to pick up Tyler Oliver as a free agent, which helped round out the team. John, uh, how did it? How did this one work out? Because I, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like uh, sounds like they're the it sounds like tackled by turtles were missing a lot of key players. So I'll be totally honest with you, uh, friends of the show. I saw about 40% of this game because I was up to my ears and trying to contain the club's all-time leading goal scorer and little kid and basically like three or four other former division three, all Americans. So I won't pretend to tell you that I know how well it went, um, but I did see some of the action. It was pretty much the AO and, and Mito Youssef show as both of them uh, put the team on their backs and made it a night uh, of hell for Matt Elder in his league debut. Oh. Uh, Mito was just off AO's pace, scoring two goals to AO's three um, nice. which ended up being the difference um, as they bested the Turtles uh, by a score of 7-4. to four. Uh, AO was a an absolute beast, like the AO of old, but uh, just constantly, you know, flying in, breaking up tackles, um, getting involved in the offense. Um, he didn't really notch any assists, but he was heavily involved in, I think, two or three other goals that I had seen. Um, so he definitely put the, the shift in, and his three goals were the difference. Um, as, as that scoreline was seven to four, um, the highlight of the night, I think though, was I did catch Mark Bokeen, uh, formerly of VSLT and, uh, in Valora city of the UPSL, um, caught Troy Luegi a little bit wrong footed, um, as he put like a perfectly weighted ball via the chip into the back post. I mean, and Troy's like nine feet tall. So yeah, it's kind of a hard thing to do specifically when you're in a small sided environment, it was about 25 yards out and he just, I think it was a cross. But it, it, it looked a little more like a shot than a cross. So I'll give him a little bit of credit here. Um, <laughs> it wasn't one of those ones where it was lofted up and the wind took it. Like he, he yep. actually had some pace on it. Um, <clears throat> but it was right in front of the, the fans that are allowed to, uh, to, to make it into the experience. Uh, and it, it drew quite a few oohs and ahs uh, as, uh, as that one went over. So highlight nice. of the night for sure. <clears throat> Outside of me, uh, you know, 
you know, making my, my, uh, my comeback into uh, competitive <laughs> soccer. Um, my overall thoughts, uh, we're, we're going to need a defibrillator if I'm going to be asked to be a super sub because I, yep. I, after 20 minutes, I, I leaned over and looked at a hoof and I was like, we need to get a guy here because I need to come off this field. <laughs> <clears throat> like, I can play, but not that fast for 20 minutes. There's no way. Uh, I also didn't get a proper warm-up in, but that's besides the fact. Um, the play dipped a little bit to be honest, but I still thought it was a high level. Um, I mean, I talked to some of the coaches and, and, you know, it's no disrespect to the guys because it's, it's, it is just week two and there, and you know, guys are coming and going. So you're still yep. really gotten your, your core together yet. I mean, some teams have figured it out. Um, the 99ers for sure um, have figured or um, uh, not, not the 99ers. Um, uh, yeah. The 99ers, sorry. Um, <clears throat> they have totally figured it out. They have a good core. Um, they've had consistency. So, uh, but it, it really, for certain parts of the games, even the one that I was in, it was just a, a case of like, it looked like just like the best pickup game you could possibly play in in Minnesota. And it, there wasn't like off the ball runs. It was like mm-hmm. very, very stagnant, some bad touches, um, errant passes, um, a lot of good goalkeeping play though, um, which was a bright spot too. But it, it, it just wasn't what we saw in week one. Um, but we'll look to, to, you know, that'll, that'll definitely iron itself out, um, you know, cause we have quite a few weeks left. Um, and there were some new faces who played big roles. You know, I mentioned Mitch Wolf who stepped in, um, and, and showed that he's very much the part and can kind of, kind of see why Minnesota United was using him as a, as a training goalkeeper, uh, to, for, uh, for the past few seasons. Um, and, uh, and he, he was, he, he was every bit the part, um, and, and, and was a key contributor in that victory, um, for, for the billionaires. Um, and then, you know, guys like Ben LeMay and, and Tim Maynard, um, good college soccer players who maybe haven't been playing at this high of a level, uh, but show that yeah. they, 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 they're, they're capable of, of contributing. Um, you know, like we said, they're not the Eli's and the Rory's that we, that we know um, have that pedigree, but they, they did, they did a good job. So um, all in all, another great, a great uh, week of soccer night in America. <laughs> Excellent, John. Well, one of the things that's interesting to know too is that, uh, you know, like you said, the 99ers seem to have consistency mm-hmm. uh, on their side, which is apparently something that is uh, is going to be scarce moving forward. So it's important important for people to note, you know, when you've got a, a leader like AO uh, who can who can score goals and defend. Uh, I mean, if you look knows? at their if you look at their roster, say have Troy. Who is yep. an, obviously an established player uh, in the net for us? Um, you have AO Eli Lloyd, who we, who we spoke to last week from the Development Academy. Uh, a, you know, a young engine that they can throw out there. So we hear mm-hmm. Alvasi. They got Jack Barry back. Um, Jake Simons was back in the fold. Um, Ian Quigley came back. Um, they were missing O'Driscoll, but then you have Javier, the Gato Juarez, um, and <laughs> Nidu. So you have you have a really good core of uh, pretty good. Um, uh, puzzle pieces for a seven aside team, you know, a yeah. lot of, a lot of speed, a lot of grit, a lot of guys that want to play fast. Um, so yeah, definitely. Uh, they do have it. Well, uh, John, you, you also had a chance to talk to head coach, <laughs> uh, Matt Van Bensko. And I'm interested to hear his take now that we're fully into this competition after two weeks, how he feels everything's going. All right. I am here with Minneapolis City head coach Matt Van Benskoten. Uh Matt, it is week two of the whatever you want to call it. What are you What are you calling it? Um, happy fun time. Happy fun time. Yep. 
the winner of Heavy Fun Time, of course, gets the Ben Wexler Brotherhood Cup. Um, how do you think things are going so far? Great, honestly. Like I, I was, I'm actually surprised at how into it the guys are and how um, how much they want to compete. It's awesome. It was much, much better than I thought it was going to be. So we have quite a few young and new faces. Has anyone stood out that's uh, kind of new to the camp right now? Yeah. To you? I, <laughs> I think uh, Eli Lloyd, uh, who's actually a kid who came over to us uh, when Minnesota United folded their academy, has done incredibly well. Um, he's been fun to watch. You've seen him kind of acclimate to the level, and um, he's uh, he stood out for sure. How about some of the old guard? Who, after week two, have you seen uh, that's that's continued from it. pre-COVID pace to yeah, post-COVID? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know what? AO actually had an astounding night tonight. Uh, and, you know, maybe this will be released after the fact. I think he's he's in the running for uh, man or yeah, player of the week this week. I think he had a hat trick. He was all over the place. Uh-oh. He looked really good. You know, and and Chuck is the ageless wonder. So you know, he's <laughs> just is what he is. So seeing that we're going to pilot this as the futures model, I talked to JJ last week about it. Him being the architect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you what, what's your impression of it for when we do translate it into the futures model? I, th- I think it'll be great. I think it'll be. I, clearly, you know, my my thing was was I was wondering if the competition level was going to be high if guys wanted to compete, but I think that clearly like they do, and so if if our guys want to compete out here, I think the young guys when they come in are, are going to be all about it. Um, I think they're going to love it. I think they're going to get a good amount of training with it, and then you know just let them let them turn them loose and play, and I think it'll be awesome. On a scale of one to ten, ten being the best, how did I perform in the fifteen minutes before I had a heart uh, attack? I'm going to plead the fifth because I actually did not watch your game. <laughs> But I'll round up and say 10. Uh, No, for sure not a 10. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Matt, thank you so much. For sure. See you, man. Well, Matt sounds like he's just happy to be there, man. Like he's just <laughs> looking around, smiling, just pumped, pumped about everything going on around him. But it also sounds like we got a little glimpse into the MVP for week two. Uh, who else is in the was in the running? And what, what did that MVP uh, competition look like? But before you get into that, I believe you what you were trying to say is uh, Matt's just there so he doesn't get fined. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, he uh he he has, a, he has an interesting role because he he's allowed to just take a step back and watch. He does not he's mm-hmm. not doing any coaching, so it really is a good chance for him to to do a lot of evaluating for when we do kind of move to those next steps eventually, if yeah. uh, if if the world ever gets back on the right tilt. Uh, but anyways, yes, back to player of the week announcement. So uh, sorry, folks who uh, who thought that Bernard might be the first ever two-week MVP. The only uh, back-to-back. The, the only back-to-back ever. Uh, that was not the case. This week's honor, uh, voted on by the coaches and selected by Coach Van Benskoten, was none other than Captain Aaron Olsen on the back of his game, oh, home game-winning three goals. Um, and just the overall play, the leadership that he was, that he, um, you know, coupled with, um, with Troy, um, the, the, you know, the, the way that they, that he specifically was able to get the team together. Mm-hmm. Um, another, uh, call it an upset if you want, but, uh, another <clears throat> instance where, uh, where they, they just put the work in, man, and they're going to be really tough. The, the next week's game, I believe is, uh, <clears throat> is them versus the billionaires. And that's, that's definitely should be a good one. Good one to watch. Um, I think two undefeated teams, um, but who he edged out once again, Justin Oliver, always the bridesmaid, never the bride, uh, who on the night uh, scored three goals of his own, adding two more assists. 
<clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Uh, the allergies after right playing. Uh, oh I, my gosh. I, I was playing golf outside today and allergies <laughs> were getting me. Uh, <clears throat> um, but he wasn't, uh, wasn't selected. Uh, just the coaches decided to go with, uh, with club captain Aaron Olson, but Oliver, another strong uh, outing for him. And then um, newcomer Mitch Wolf in that, uh, who I mentioned made those two game ceiling stays for the billionaires on his first night in, uh, in competitive club, uh, game action so he uh, <clears throat> definitely was uh, up and equal to the task um, we do have a golden boot race update but I do believe that these stats are incorrect they so, are I was just thinking about that yep so we're gonna have to go back and we will provide the update to the golden boot race uh, to you folks next week but um, quite a few players scoring quite a few goals <clears throat> but that was it man for all right for, for gameplay action Let's talk about the Pick'em League leaders of the week. You guys got uh, – everyone got better. We saw yeah. 13 folks get uh, match one correct uh, going with the Bob Dillionaires and 12 of them correctly going with the 99ers, uh, giving them another impressive win. We saw our first ever 10-pointer. David Anderson picked club captain AO as the Week 2 MVP, and he got it right. And as far as the scores go, we had three people get dead on. Dan Warner gets match one score of 12 correct. And uh, John Yu and yeah. Paul uh, Smichael got match two correct with 11. So that's pretty sweet. Those are, these are, those are the hardest things to do is pick the, pick the MVP and pick a score. And we had a lot of people get, get them right, which the is why the scores in general, the points in general were very high. Yeah, very high, and it really it, it uh, definitely tilted the top of the table. Seeing yeah. uh, uh, David Anderson um, and his team, the Big Green, go into the lead with twelve points. Big week for him. Um, Dan Warner and the Warner Schnitzels uh, pulls in second at nine <laughs> points, uh, and then Paul with uh, my favorite team name, Charles's dog, um, goes <laughs> level with uh, Uncle Business Ballers, uh, my team, on seven points, and you, Nate have four points. Yeah. So, so all you need is like one correct MVP and you are, you know, top I'm of the, in there. You're, you're right at the top of the table, man. So, um, so yeah, that, there's a few of us with four points. Some people with two still, uh, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's a yeah. long league. It's, it's early. It's early. Yeah. <laughs> Rome wasn't built in a day. Well, congrats to this week's top pickers. Uh, you really should, you should be contacted by Sarah about the spots that you are in to watch live next Wednesday. And if not, stay tuned for that info. It'll be hitting your inbox soon. For the rest of us, uh, keep up the good work. Keep picking. Yep. And then finally, you know, before we close this short show up, uh, I, I caught up with a longtime friend and club chairman, Dan Hudeman, uh, for the final interview of the week um, while he took the night off in that, um, to take in the action uh, and we discussed, you know, how the league's going and uh, some of the very recent news. Um, well, let's, let's just call it a similar development model uh, mm -hmm. than, than one that we, we uh, are, are uh, near and dear to our hearts um, that Minnesota United uh, discussed rolling out last week. So let's have a listen to what, uh, what club chairman Hudeman had to say. Okay, I am here at the end of the night, the fun part where the beers get cracked with uh, chairman Dan Hudeman. Dan, thank you for uh, taking some time to be with me here. Always a pleasure, John. Uh, Dan is the uh, new third choice goalkeeper for Minneapolis City. So you played in Week One. How'd that go? Um, Besides the, I'm not trying. Yeah. To, not, not the negatives. How'd it go overall? You know, it was a blast. the The level is high. There's so many good players. Um, yeah, I can attest to that. <laughs> like, the the level is really high, and the intensity was there too. Right with sevens, 
you just it's quick it you know people are snapping in tackles you got to move the ball fast so um it was it was fun for an old guy like me to be part of it <laughs> well i was part of it today so i can feel your pain except for you had more minutes than i did yeah after 15 the defibrillator came out and i was like i'm done we'll be the same amount of sore <laughs> <laughs> yeah i my feet already hurt <laughs> so um we're gonna be piloting this out as the futures model i've pretty much asked everyone i've talked to um last weekend this week like what do you think the benefits of this model are definitely going to be for a younger goalkeeper I mean, for a goalkeeper, it's great because, um, you know, so often when you're playing full-sided, you just you just don't see that much action. Whereas in sevens, you're getting the ball to feet, you're getting people attacking from different angles, and you're getting a lot of different scenarios that may happen once a game, multiple times a game. Mm-hmm. Three-on-one, three-on-two, quick switches of the ball. Shots from distance, like everything. Shots close. You know, there, there's just there's so much variety. Uh, and, you know, your, your team has to use you with the ball to feet. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be moving a lot differently you got to make yourself available um it's it's much more of like the modern goalkeeper experience mm-hmm. um and you can't hide behind just good shot stopping which is kind of the american goalkeeper thing for ages really athletic great shot stoppers technicals not working you, you just can't do that in seven certainly at, at the level that that we're playing at right. it's just too fast and and too furious too, too furious <laughs> love that one yeah <laughs> so essentially what you're saying is you can't hide as a goalkeeper well like, said you can't hide it. <laughs> what about for a younger 17 to 20 year old field player? I mean, I, th- I think it's the same thing where, you know, what, what it's, what's really about for development is reps under pressure. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, what they're getting is you're getting a ton of pressure um, because of the, the field size and you're, you're being forced to do things you're maybe not always comfortable with because, you know, you can't just play the flat pass to the fullback. No. You, know, you can't play safe all the time. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to get right, you have, you right have in front of your own stuff. goal. You have to try you've got to start to try stuff. You've, you've got to play uh, you know, progressively. You've got to play on the front foot. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not do that today. It's difficult, right? <laughs> it's you, know, really like you get closed down fast. You can close down multiple angles. So for a young player, when you're trying to figure out how to solve it, playing it at fast forward mm-hmm. with good players is going to force you to get good quickly. Right. I mean, I was 20 years older than the youngest guy on the field today. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel yeah. It sucks. I, I had a, I had a defender who was less than half my age, so I did my best not to yell at him. <laughs> Do your fucking job. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to swear. That's pretty much what happened. Stay in school. Yeah, it's, I said sorry to his mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then made her sign a consent form for him. For him, yeah. Um, so there's been a lot of chatter in the soccer verse about the fact that Minnesota United they launched their 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 version of the futures model for lack of a better way to describe it their their youth development product it is very similar to what we're rolling out but i'd like to get your thoughts on your take on it being a little bit similar and, and it being in our market now that we we have something that we can also offer to players that's an alternative yeah i mean it's extremely similar I, and i think it's um i think it's our our model and i think that's a great thing because you know when i think about but what you and, and Jeremiah and Adam did thinking this through and, and how this is going to come together, we created something new, but that in hindsight, you're like, well, this is obvious. This, this is necessary. Mm-hmm. And it should be additive onto the local clubs. It should be additive to the players. Um, and so them picking up and using that model, that's validating for what the model is. Right. You know, it's not like we tried to copyright a training model. The, like, <laughs> right, yeah. You know, if, if in 20 years the United States wins a World Cup because – all the, the top clubs are using this type of model, you better believe we're going to get super drunk on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
You know, but we'll I, have them bottles. In right, all oh, that. Yeah, we'll, it'll be in Qatar again. We'll be sending. The, <laughs> we'll send the bill to U.S. Soccer. Yeah, it'll be great. But I, but I think it is really validating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, there there have been other clubs um, across the country who've asked us questions about it and talked about it. And you know, we had we had uh, we met with many Lagos and, and we've answered questions in Minnesota United too. So we're open about sharing it because we think it is a great mm-hmm. thing. Is it the right thing for every club? No, yeah, probably you not. know, and. Um, you know, it'll be seen how Minnesota United tweaks it to work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but this additive model, instead of the tear it down, we're going to do it our own way model. Mm-hmm. Instead of the exclusive model, like the DA. You couldn't play high school, you couldn't play club. They're, you know, these DAs were taking away from youth clubs and became very aggressive. Like, it's good to get rid of that. So I'm glad it happens. And I think it's actually going to be better for Minneapolis City. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, we're... I think we have all of the correct infrastructure. We've we've proven it out. We're proving it with yeah, week two, our senior it's, players. It looks like it's going to work. You know, like I, I think we have we have kind of a step on everyone else, mm-hmm. um, and and so that'll be good. It, having it in our market means we'll have two great futures programs. I think there's enough talent for two. For I sure. think so too, and I think that it'll it'll just elevate Minnesota soccer, which is what our whole purpose was. Yeah, right. It it's um to me it, it's a little disappointing that it hasn't been thought of sooner. Right, right. But you know, my, now more than ever, we just we need we need to figure it out. And I think um, I agree with you. I think it's important for both of us to coexist together. And it, we talked about it earlier. It adds the opportunity for us to to play against each other, to support each other. If there's a player in their system that might fall down, but is good enough, just not right now. Right. They might be perfect for our system, and it, and vice versa. We might have someone who we're like, you're wasting your time with us. You need to be in a pro environment. Right. Well, you know, for every player that elevated from 16 to 18, you have guys like Ian Wright, or even a guy like Harry Kane, who never looked like he was going to be that great yeah. until all of a sudden he was. And when we met with Manny, you know, he, we, we met a few weeks after we announced it and, and talked a lot about the program. And so we were open about sharing it. It's not, again, it's not like we were trying to Behind the curtain. hoard it, you know, and as we were talking about it, one of the things that we talked about and agreed on is they're just, it's going to be impossible at those ages to be perfect in talent selection. And so having multiple programs that can help guys elevate, mm-hmm. we'll make sure that the, that the late bloomers, the guys who really want it, or, you know, that we're much more like our competitors across the world where you don't have to be awesome at 12. Um, and that's the only way you're going to make it. Just be awesome by 19. Right. You know, be awesome <laughs> when it counts. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. not going to be tracked and then lose it if not. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Uh, any final thoughts on week two? Anything, any, anything that stood out to you? Well, I think you and I need to play together in week three. That's I, what I'm talking about. You know, all my cleats are always in the car. <laughs> all right, thanks, Dan. <laughs> well, John, with a, with a similar model uh, and kind of the ability to, or maybe some incentive to, you know, kind of trade players every once in a while, send guys up, send guys down. I mean, that's really gracious, I would say, of of the team to say, yeah, go ahead, United, and and, uh, and take our model and you have our blessing. Well, right. I mean, we have to think about <laughs> It's not like a situation like uh, the MLS franchise in St. Louis being very uh, close in branding to us. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this isn't a brand new thing. And I think that Dan kind of touched on it yeah. um, in saying like, if, if we find that this model is successful and it's working at all other levels of soccer, then we just, we did, we did something right. We just brought it up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's not, it's the game of soccer is not ours and how we package it is not ours. Um, you know, we have certain things that are true to our club and our core values, 
and how we do things. But, um, you know, this model isn't a brand new thing. Like 7v7 was not just invented. Um, and, but the supplemental, <laughs> <laughs> the supplemental model and, and nature of what our futures program and what Minnesota United is doing is, uh, and, and being, <clears throat> being so that it's additive to what other people uh, are, are offering and, and can be more of a permanent home, I think is a really smart way to go about it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he and I talked a little bit about it as well, um, you know, that you guys just heard that <clears throat> there's some players that are just late bloomers. Um, and that's what our, our slice of the pie can, can assist in someone like, you know, min- with Minnesota United. If mm-hmm. we find a guy that is just head and shoulders at 17 above everyone else, um, it's, it's, it, it's, not a, it's not benefiting anyone if we try to just hold on to that player. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it, if we can actively guide them into a professional environment, it's absolutely our obligation to do that for the player. And then on the flip side of it, you know, there may be some players that were 14, 15, 16 identified by United as a potential earner in the future. And maybe their development is too slow and, and the additive model that they have um, isn't a good environment for them, but they want to keep tabs on them. And, and our model might be better for that player. So mm-hmm. I, I think there's, there's just going to be good collaboration, but also look, look at it as two options to be able to play each other without having to travel. So, uh, you know, this just picks up another game that the future's um, top 18 players can play in um, against, uh, against a professional side. So and self- selfishly, you know, it's adds a competitive edge to Minneapolis city as we uh, set our sights a little higher than just the NPSL North year after year in the future. Right. Right. Exactly. So I, I some people might look at it as like a, uh, a, a downside or um, this is just some some interesting business tactics by uh, an MLS team to to have something similar to us but I, I for one am raising the flag that uh, I think it's beneficial and I think it's a good nice. thing so um, so yeah there you go man all right I'll, I'll, accept, in the books. I'll accept your opinion <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all for this week's show folks uh thank you as always to our show's sponsor summit brewing company hey uh you know the heat feels to be feels to be draining from the air uh, we're rounding out summertime so what better way to welcome the fall than with a fine Oktoberfest? Uh, uh, hopefully had some today yep i just saw it at the liquor store you know it is out there our pals at summit definitely have one of the best Oktoberfests in town get yourself some at your local liquor store summer summit summit a more meaningful brew since 1986 yeah i said summer first that's okay if giving back to the community means a lot to you maybe it's time to give to the club that gives back minneapolis city is a 501c3 that provides safe reliable and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game as well as our newly formed future program scholarship fund consider a tax deductible donation to a true city focused organization today do you have anything you want us to cover? We got uh, we got some time on this show right now. Any guests that you want us to maybe have on? Whoa. Send us mail. It is super easy. You just got to hit us up on Twitter at The People's Pitch, or you can email us at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. If calling is more your speed, this is very exciting. You want to hear your voice live on the show? Hit up our show hotline. It is 612 612- Four six zero five six eight three. Once again, that is six one two four six zero five six eight three. Put it in your speed dial because all questions, comments, and concerns 
welcome. And finally, as always, you can hit the club up at MPLSCitySC on Twitter for all your complaints. That does it. I am Nate. That was John. We're going to be back next week with more 7v7 action. Make sure you're getting your picks in. And you got huffed? You got huffed. Oh, I beat you to it. You huffed me. <laughs> Poster burning maple weeds, cradle major keys. Thinking back, I've been major since the minor league. So supreme, too much sauce off my olive NMDs. I could staple steeds, bend the goat so I get the cheese. Never fall, rake them leaves and make sure every moment gets seized and everything I see.